Welcome to Beyond the Script, a podcast where we discuss trending and innovative topics in the world of primary care and talk about new products and services that are driving change in the healthcare industry. Here are your hosts, Dr. Joel Bessmer and Ryan Bessmer. Welcome to Beyond the Script. My name is Ryan Bessmer. I'm here with my father, Dr. Joel Bessmer. How are you doing, Dad? Fantastic. Uh, it's a great, crisp, beautiful Friday morning out there, and I wanted to start by saying happy Veterans Day to everybody. Uh, for you veterans out there, we can't thank you enough for your service, and if there's ever anything we can do to help any of you through Members MD or Strata, you just need to let us know. Absolutely. I echo that. We, uh, you've got some veterans in your family, don't you? I do have some veterans in my family. Was he your grandfather and your great-grandfather? My grandfather, uh, Don Baber, uh, was a World War II veteran and has uh, a very interesting story and a purple heart. Amazing generation that was. Yeah. Amazing generation. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about getting sick this time of year. And uh, for people like me that are not... Uh, uh, in the in the medical field, uh, from a from a education standpoint, you know, you get sick and you wonder what's wrong with me. Do I have influenza? Is this a cold? Is this now COVID or or what is it? And I know you're dealing with this in clinic right now. So let's talk a, bl- a little bit about the differences, uh, whether it be the symptoms that people are are feeling, uh, and, and then what they should do, and and what you're seeing, and how you're differentiating your treatment between these different diseases people seem to get these time of year. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a really important conversation right now, and it's one of those that it seems like each time we come into influenza season, there might be something else going on, and you're trying to sort out when a patient presents with these upper respiratory symptoms, fevers, body aches, really what the cause is, and I really want our patients to understand that these things can present very similarly. Now, so far this year, I've seen a couple of cases of influenza, and I must admit, uh, it surprised me to get the positive influenza case on at least one of them uh, because of the way it presented with basically just significant cough and not a whole lot of other symptoms. Um, But once you're vaccinated, and you start to immunologically respond early on to that infection, it may not have a typical presentation. So I thought I'd talk a little bit this morning about BioFire. So BioFire is a special test that we're able to do here through uh, Members MD and Strata. And it's a simple nasal swab, similar to what we do when we would just do a rapid COVID antigen. And instead of just figuring out COVID positive, COVID negative, a biofire will test for about 13 to 15 different viruses and bacteria and tell us exactly what is going on or at least eliminate all of these high-risk infections. And I think with influenza A already in the community, COVID right now in the middle of a resurge in the Omaha community utilizing BioFire early on in our patients to figure out what it is that's leading to their symptoms is going to be really important. When you think about the treatment of influenza versus the treatment of COVID, you could talk about how similar they are uh, from a standpoint of extra rest, push fluids, take Tylenol, and then obviously I'm a huge proponent of zinc lozenges and uh, the ability of the zinc to help kill the virus at the back of the throat. That doesn't mean you swallow a zinc pill. That means you suck on a zinc lozenge. 
Uh, so we can talk about the similarity of some of those kinds of things. But when it comes to the prescriptions available for us to help patients, and especially those in the higher risk categories, this is where I think BioFire is really a game changer for us because it allows us to understand this patient has influenza A, this patient has influenza B, and yet this patient has COVID. And the treatment for the influenza A and influenza B might both be Tamiflu. We're still learning early on in this influenza season whether Tamiflu is going to be effective, but it certainly looks like it is, versus a higher risk individual who might come down with COVID. And we might be thinking about giving them Paxlovid, which is really two different antivirals um, uh, given one name so you can send the prescription, but it, it does come as two different antiviral medications. If someone gets influenza, does that necessarily uh, uh, prevent them from also getting COVID? Is it, is it one of those things? I seem to remember, and I could be wrong, that, that when COVID was surging, the influenza cases were dropping. Why is that? It's probably because of all the things we were doing to prevent the spread of COVID. So you absolutely could get COVID and influenza at the same time. And that would not be fun. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, but we think the reason we had such a calm influenza year was all the masking, all the isolation, and all of those things that was going on because of all those COVID prevention things. And early on, people were getting tested and finding out that they were sick. We were much more cognizant of isolating early on. And I, I would really encourage people to at least continue to think about that. Um, if, you know, you've got a low-grade fever, cough, those kinds of things, you do not want to be around your workmates. You actually even want to try and do what you can to isolate yourself from the rest of your family. And that's, it's those kinds of techniques that were going on to try and limit the spread of COVID that I think really helped us keep influenza at a uh, smaller uh, percentages. We've got our viral packs that we hand out to patients. I want you to talk a little bit about this, and, and I'll set it up by saying that, <clears throat> excuse me, when, uh, whenever I would get sick or someone I know would get sick and, you know, I'd talk to my father or talk to their doctor and say, what do I do? And they say, well, get this and get this and get zinc and get... And then you go to the store and you buy all of it, and then you're better, and you've got three quarters of it left in your bathroom drawer. And so we thought, why don't we just put together what would be a kind of a one round of sickness and package it together and give it to someone. So when you're done, hopefully by the time that this packet, you've used all of the, uh, the things uh, Joel will talk about here in a second, um, you're better by then, and there's nothing left over. Um, and we've been giving them to our patients and having some success with it. So, could, Dad, can you talk a little bit about what's in that viral pack? And, and, and you put it together. So why did you pick the things that you put in there? Sure. It's, it, it's really it's a group of non-prescription products. So there's uh, nothing uh, that is not sold over the counter inside of this. And I think we've got a three-day and a five-day, depending upon uh, what we think you have and how long you might need it. Uh, they're sold at a very uh, inexpensive cost from a standpoint of trying to buy all those things in the store. And I think one of the things that really pushed me when, I can't remember if it was you or Kale who brought this idea up, um, but the thing I love about it is you are counseling a patient. Maybe I've just done a biofire on them, and I've told them they have influenza. And then I'm giving them a shopping list of all these things that they need to go get. Well, if they're going to go to the pharmacy then with influenza to go shopping or to the grocery store, this is not stopping the spread of the disease. It's adding to the spread of the disease. So the idea of being able to say to somebody, hey, you've got influenza A, 
here is everything you need right now at home to get started. And if I need to send a prescription in for you, then you can just hit a drive through So it really, I think, could help us ease that isolation. So it's not you're trying to get a hold of a friend or a family member and giving them a shopping list and all of those things. So what's in there? Zinc lozenges. Uh, Coldies, Zycam, one of the two. I can't remember which one, but the idea being uh, there's pretty good data saying when we suck on zinc and we've got high concentrations of zinc at the back of our throat in our pharynx, it helps kill the virus at that location, which is where both COVID and influenza like to gather and populate and spread. It's where it's also easiest for you to spread with a cough or a sneeze. So it's trying to kill influenza and COVID at its uh, hiding location. So the zinc lozenges. Vitamin D. We talk all the time about how important uh, lymphocyte function is with vitamin D deficiency. And what do I mean by that? If you are deficient in vitamin D, your lymphocytes don't function as well as those lymphocytes that are made in the presence of higher vitamin D levels. And it's also been shown through COVID, when you looked at vitamin D levels with COVID infection, that a viral infection can be consumptive of vitamin D. So trying to make sure we can push a little extra vitamin D when we're sick. Um, The simple example I give for patients when we're talking about vitamin D and lymphocyte function is we're going to go coach a couple of football games uh, or football teams and you get yours from the University of Iowa and I get mine from the University of Iowa School of Deaf and Blind. If your vitamin D level is low, your lymphocytes are deaf and blind in their ability to see and find that virus and defend them against you. They are your first defense. If you have poorly functioning lymphocytes, that virus gets to set up during those first several days while you're trying to make immunoglobulins that will eventually clear you of the infection. So the more it gets to set up, the sicker you get, the longer you're contagious, the longer the infection lasts. I think vitamin D is a huge deal when it comes to helping us in America be better prepared against viruses. Um, So there's zinc lozenges, vitamin D, there's a packet of, of emergent C. So it's a great source of vitamin C in a powder you can add to water and drink down and really help your vitamin C. I think everybody is comfortable how much vitamin C can help us around acute infections. And then one of the things I also added into there is a Zip Fizz. So Zip Fizz is another one of those drinks that you try to get once a day, and it is loaded with our B vitamins, as well as a little bit of caffeine. Sometimes that's a helpful pick-you-up when you're not feeling as well. And so there is a little bit of caffeine in them, just for those who might be sensitive to caffeine to be aware of that. But the reason we're using the Zip Fizz is all the B vitamins that's located in there. I want to go back to vitamin D. Okay. You talk about uh, quite often how the vast majority of people in Nebraska, where we are, are deficient in vitamin D. And I would assume that Nebraska is not alone in that. We're in the Midwest. This time of year, it gets dark around 5 p.m. And it's probably going to start getting darker even earlier than that. And we'd miss out on the sun. Can you talk about, um, you know, supplementing vitamin D? We talked about how important that is, but but how many people you see that need to do that? <clears throat> and if you haven't been tested for it or looked at your levels, like how we should probably be doing that. No, that's a, that's a great discussion point. So 
prior to my understanding of vitamin D and first getting into vitamin D testing, if I use my own patient population, over 90% of the patients I initially screened were vitamin D deficient. The reason that happens in Nebraska is, is because it's not just did we get sun. So today's a beautiful sunny day in Nebraska. We're going to get some good sun and it's going to hit 30 degrees. <clears throat> the angle that those sun rays are coming at you are not allowed to get absorbed into your skin. If they cannot get absorbed into your skin because of the angle they're coming at, they cannot activate, activate vitamin D absorption. So it's roughly two and a half to three months out of the year that the angle of the sun in Nebraska allows us to get vitamin D. So on days like this in late fall, early winter, it doesn't matter how much the sun is shining and how much you might get out there in it. You're not actually changing your vitamin D levels. So I talk about a couple of different things. If you are deficient in vitamin D, I recommend 5,000 international units daily. Remembering that vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. You can only absorb it in the presence of fat. So if you take your vitamins on an empty stomach, you're not absorbing those fat-soluble vitamins. So be that an avocado, be that olive oil, be that a fish oil capsule, but some sort of fat with the delivery mechanism. So one of the things that is included in the viral pack that we have for our patients is fish oil capsule so that you've got something to be able to take with your vitamin D to absorb it along with the vitamin D itself. So you think about that the storm that's going on up in North Dakota yesterday and into today and North Dakota farther to the north would have even less time that they're able to absorb vitamin D than we have in Nebraska. You would expect the North Dakotans to be even more vitamin D deficient. Once you supplement your vitamin D, and my goal for patients is usually try to get your level 70, 80. Um, then I usually talk about going down to 1,000 international units daily or taking 2,000 international units daily just throughout the winter and none in the summer, one or the other. Does the amount of vitamin D that you take or your levels affect what's commonly known as seasonal affective disorder? So we all hear about in Nebraska, at least, oh, I get really, I get sad. I'm, I'm not myself in the winter. I don't see the sun. And I think I'm saying that right, correct? Seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, sad. Is that, a, is that related to vitamin D? Well, we know that vitamin D supplementation can be one of the things that helps seasonal affective disorder. It may not make it go away, but when you look at that in clinical studies, it does help the reports of seasonal affective disorder. But it's not the end all of fixing seasonal affective disorder. Because remember, it truly is we're in less light, more darkness, more separation, all of those things. And then you throw the holidays in there and stress. And vitamin D does not fix all of that. It certainly may help some of the emotional components. I want to go back to one more thing before we wrap up. And, and I know that uh, the word vaccination can be a somewhat controversial topic in these days. Uh, but I don't want to talk about the COVID vaccine. I want to talk about the influenza vaccine. We touched on it earlier, but can you speak to the importance um, for people to get the influenza vaccine? I know right around now or probably even before this is when people should be getting it. I know currently we have staff members at employers in Omaha, Nebraska today giving the influenza vaccine to employees. So can you speak to the importance of getting the vaccine? And are there any subgroups that shouldn't get the vaccine? Uh, the subgroup that shouldn't is the easy one, and that is if you're allergic to eggs. So the influenza vaccine is grown in a chick embryo. And so if you're allergic to eggs or allergic to chicken, then um, we would say you probably should not receive it. 
the greatest benefit for the influenza vaccine for the healthy groups that we're out vaccinating, the employers, are exactly what you might think, and that is it's less missed work. It's less time sick with the disease. And then it also helps limit the spread through a group of people that might be working together. Um, so that herd immunity topic that we talked a lot about early on with COVID. So the biggest reason for employers and employer groups to think about influenza vaccine is exactly that. There's going to be less missed work. We're going to have less people missing all at the same time, those kinds of things. Um, there are two separate influenza vaccines. There's one for those above the age of 65 and that it's a more concentrated group and for those below 65. Um, and so the groups that really I think we need to concentrate on getting are those who are at high risk and uh, the employer groups uh, getting vaccinated to help out. I do want to touch one, on one thing. I know COVID vaccine wasn't necessarily our topic today, but I do want to touch on the bivalent vaccine is available. We have them uh, through members MD and Strata for uh, our patients to be able to update. And we are in the midst of a bit of a COVID surge again in the Omaha area, which as a provider makes that difficulty of trying to separate out, is this influenza or COVID more difficult when they're both uh, hitting at the same time? So if you're a high-risk individual, I strongly encourage you to get boosted uh, from a standpoint of the covalent uh, uh, vaccine that's available. On that testing front, just a quick question. If, if you know, if I'm at home and I have a child that's presenting symptoms that a couple years ago I would have said, oh, that's definitely COVID, do I test them now? What's the testing requirements going into this season where we're probably going to be seeing more influenza paired with less COVID, should we be testing for both? Should we be testing for one and then ruling it out and assuming it's the other? What's your advice for that? Well, you're going to find different things in different doctor's offices because we are very privileged through members MD and Strata to have a biofire available for us. Most clinics are not going to have that. Most ERs do. Um, and it, it really comes down to, I think, the uh, severity of the illness. Uh, you know, in the smaller kids right now, we're seeing a lot of RSV. And RSV is one of those things that hits the very young and the very old the hardest. Um, so if you're in a middle-aged group, then it's much more likely you'd be struggling with influenza and COVID. For me personally, I, I, I don't like the idea of saying, well, let's do an influenza test. And if that's negative, let's do a COVID test. And if that's negative, then I don't really know what's going on. Um, you know, as an internist, we always like to know the answer. So uh, I love having BioFire available, and it's one of the things I would encourage people to do is to get tested with BioFire. You tell me, now I'll put the question back to you because I don't know the answer to this. Can patients still go online through our Strata Healthcare site and sign up that maybe they're not a patient with Members MD, maybe they're not a patient with Strata? Can they still sign up to come get tested and get a biofire done? Yeah, you absolutely can. We provide them at our clinic uh, in Omaha, and you can go to stratahealthcare.com slash testing, uh, and you'll be able to sign up there. Uh, be sure to double-check uh, requirements on our site in regards to uh, insurance coverage, uh, as well as pricing, because that can change sometimes. Uh, but yeah, definitely we can we can handle that both in members MD Strata, as well as just if you're in the Omaha community and you're sick and you wonder what you have, um, we we would love to to work with you. Yeah, and I, on top of that, it just struck me as you were you were speaking there. We're we're getting close to the holiday season, right? And so people will have guests coming, family coming, and all of those things in for the holidays. And sometimes that involved a lot of airplanes, bus traffic, et cetera. And that's where sometimes we can really pick some of these things up. 
So if one of your family members coming in is sick, then being able to get to that website and sign up, it's a great way to get them tested because they're not going to have a primary care physician available in the market otherwise. Absolutely. A lot of great knowledge today. As always. As always. Um, well, I wanted one other topic. Oh, no. What's that? Well, I mean, we've been off the air for a while, and I actually got chastised by a few patients. Hey, things are going on inside the COVID. Why are we not hearing? You guys stop doing your podcast. Can you please tell us, should we be getting the boosters? What's going on with influenza? So for those of you who don't know, we went off the air for about a month because Ryan got married. I did, and I was I was out of the country for a while, and I think it's probably the best excuse to be missing some podcast time. Okay, well, so I just wanted everybody to know it wasn't my fault, it was yours. <laughs> yeah, we've got a whole list of stuff we're going to be talking about uh, through the end of the year, and uh, thank you all for listening. Happy Veterans Day, and we look forward to our future podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ryan. If you liked our show today, we invite you to subscribe to Beyond the Script on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Thank you for listening.